Hey everyone, this is Mike Walker and welcome to episode number 6060 of the Control Room Podcast. And I gotta say, um, I wasn't quite sure when we were gonna record again. Honestly, if we were ever gonna record again, because after the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and uh, the families that were involved, it just it felt weird to record about the daily news stories for sports, dating, etc. It just all seemed pretty petty. But I gotta say that after watching the memorial service yesterday, um, it was a celebration of Kobe's life and Gianna, and you hear all the great stories and very, very inspiring stories and how um, both of them touched a lot of people. Uh, It felt like it might be time to record again, so I have Ramiro in here with me. So it's episode number 60. Obviously, you know, Kobe Bryant's last game, he scored 60 points. And um, we're picking things right up after our Kobe Bryant episode. So we're going to run through the uh, Kobe Bryant memorial service. We're going to also break down the All-Star Game tributes, which were all amazing. And uh, we'll get into the, the, then we'll just get into regular sports. We'll talk Lakers, Celtics. We will talk uh, Bill Russell wearing a Kobe Bryant's jersey, which was awesome. And we're also going to break down the fight this weekend between, this past weekend between Wilder and Fury. And uh, we got to talk about that Astro scandal because new stories uh, keep breaking out every single day. Players are very, very upset. So I'm glad I got Roma in here with me to explain exactly what's going on. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey everybody, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Control Room Podcast. We've taken a little break, but I'm back here with my guy, Ramiro Romo. Hey bro, amigo. <laughs> We're back to give the people what they want, you know. Little, little Jalen and Jacoby, so we don't took, plagiarize us. Yeah, we took a little break, you know, mm-hmm. this Kobe thing kind of really, uh, you know, just uh, had it with, with a heavy heart and, and it's tough to, to kind of enjoy sports with you know, that casting a shadow over everything. Yeah, no, um, the Kobe thing definitely hit hard. It hurts. It still hurts. Um, didn't feel, I, I look, I honestly didn't feel like just talking about random sports stuff of the week um, after that. So I just want to take a, take time away. And I didn't exactly know when we were going to record again. But uh, after the memorial service, it just felt right, and that's yeah. what I want to get into was the Kobe and Gianna uh, memorial service that was held at Staples Center. Um, I know a couple people that went, um, my buddy Dennis, um, a former player, Caitlin Fu, and some other people. Do you know anybody who went to the service? No one lucky enough to, uh, to get I guess it was, it was a raffle that was done, essentially. I'm pretty sure, because I think there was 20,000 tickets, but over 100,000 or more, I'm not sure, uh, requests to get in there it'll be one of those deals where people will say they were there mm-hmm. but uh they really weren't there kind of deal yeah it's like i, I think I staples know. center only fits like yeah. uh what is it i, I mean, think twenty thousand. i'm not yeah. sure yeah but you know there'll be a hundred thousand people walking around saying that they were there yeah but, yeah uh, i mean that's how the story usually goes but uh there were several speakers uh started off with uh jimmy kimmel um, you had Vanessa Bryant, you had Diana Taurasi, uh, you had the the girl who plays for Oregon, Sabrina. Yeah, I, uh, 
Aniescu. Yeah, thank you, because yeah. I, I tried to remember her last name, and then I heard it, and then I forgot it, so thank you. Italiano. You know, uh, you had Gino Oriema from yeah. UConn, uh, MJ, Shaq. Uh, so let me just, I'll give it to you, like, was there a particular speaker that stuck out to you? Like, what are your, it's hard to say what are your favorite moments for the memorial service, but it's supposed to be a celebration of Kobe's life. So, like, what did you, you know, what, what jumped out to you? Uh, well, I, I thought it was uh, really well put together, pretty well organized. I thought it was smart to have someone like Jimmy Kimmel there to, mm. to provide some humor. Because, I mean, you know, these, these, these things can be difficult and and, yeah. and uh, you need a little bit of humor uh sprinkled in there and there was a uh, lot of humor Shaq, Shaq provided yeah, there's plenty uh, of humor in there. uh mj yeah. uh, himself uh you know uh talked about the uh, famous crying meme mm-hmm. and uh you know that really had people uh laughing yeah uh, although Shaq, uh, part of Shaq's speech got bleeped. I, I, I didn't catch what he said uh, I, I caught the first was it there's no iron team yeah but I didn't catch. They bleeped. So, they got, they so, bleeped the other well, part, and I just saw people laughing. I'm like, "What? What did he I, say?" I had to go through Twitter and I had to see what he said. But basically, was Shaq's quote. So the story was that Shaq was saying, uh, "Guys, no Lakers. Rick Fox, uh, Rob Riori were complaining. Kobe wasn't passing. You know, this is a young Kobe." And Shaq was like, "Oh, I'll talk to him." And uh, Shaq, hey, Kobe, you know, the guys, there's no, there's no I in team. And then Kobe's response was. No, but there's an M-E in that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they bleeped yeah, it out. Yeah. Okay. And, and then Shaq went back to the boys and was like, hey, guys, he's not passing. Just go ahead and get the rebound. <laughs> and he said that's what he respected Kobe, man. He was like, that boy is... He's crazy, man. But like, that's awesome, yeah. man. When you hear Shaq talk mm-hmm. about you know some of these stories... Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the, the the story he had on a TNT where uh, mm. Kobe was warming up in the <laughs> locker room, doing shimmies, <laughs> doing like, ball what fakes. Is, what is wrong Talking with this trash. young dude? He can't guard me. He can't guard me. <laughs> but that's the funny thing, though. I think that's probably why Shaq respects Kobe is because you hear you think they're peers. They're the same age, but they're not. Like this yeah. is a 18, 19, 20 year old guy telling grown men. There's an M.E. in that motherfucker. Like, I ain't passing. There's, there's a grown man asking Shaq, hey, can you talk to that kid over here and tell him to pass me the ball? He was, hey, he was a, a unique, <laughs> yeah, unique man. individual. He's a force. Um, and, yeah, you know, Jordan talked about that, the fact that, you know, he was a little older. Yeah. And he kind of viewed Kobe as a little brother. Yeah. They had a, you know, big brother, little brother relationship. But he would call him at... Two, three in the morning, ask him stupid questions. You pester him about and, everything. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, he, he mentioned something about Kobe calling him and asking him uh, what moves uh, was he working on when he was 12 years old because yeah. he wanted to teach his daughter some moves. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jordan said, 12 years old? I was playing baseball, <laughs> man. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, no, Gino said the same thing when Kobe's calling him. And and Kobe's like, we're the defensive rotations and this. And He's like, Kobe, they're 13, 12 years old. Like, just have them guard a man and not lose them. Like, relax. Yeah. I mean, all these stories, they, yeah. they give you great insight, yeah. uh, you know, as to who Kobe was. Mm-hmm. And he was always, whatever he did, mm-hmm. he wanted to be the best. He wanted all the knowledge. <laughs> he's going to talk to the top dogs. He's going to be like, he's going to pick their brain. But yeah, I mean, since you brought up MJ, you know, that's my guy. That's 
That's Kobe's hero. That's my hero. Like it's a lot of other people. The next generation. Kobe is their MJ. Uh, a lot of people were surprised to see him speak because Mike doesn't do a lot of public speaking. Yeah, he didn't even speak at the All Star game, which was in Chicago. It was in Chicago, and so, but like that shows you the love and respect he had for Kobe. And I saw a comment on Instagram or somewhere, and they said, "You know, you lived your life right when your childhood hero speaks about you like this." Yeah, you know. So that that was deep. And I, my favorite MJ part of it was. He said in like 99, 2000, and MJ was visiting like Phil and the team, the Lakers back then. And uh, as soon as Kobe saw him, he said, you bring your shoes? <laughs> you, you wanted to go one-on-one. On one. He, he, but like he said, that's like that young, I've been that young little brother who wants to challenge your older brothers every single second of the day. You just want to pick at them. You want to beat them at something. And, and, that's what, and that's what they said is Kobe pestered MJ yeah. – so much he fell in love with him. Yeah, I think Jordan yeah. saw a lot of himself. Of course, in Kobe. Yeah, you know that competitiveness, and uh, so obviously he, he, you know, he embraced him. Uh, even though people always like to, you know, yeah, have pin, that argument pin him up against who's each other. better. Yeah, but yeah. you know, uh, bottom line is that you know both of those guys are you know probably the most competitive athletes. MJ brought that team. up. He said that people always want to compare whenever they speak to him, and he's like. I just want to talk about Kobe. Like, yeah. I don't want to worry about the comparisons. I just want to appreciate his greatness. Appreciate greatness. Yeah. yeah. Man, um, so yeah, Gino, I thought he, he added a funny note when he said, the uncoachable becomes the coach. Mm-hmm. Because there's legendary the stories yeah. about how uncoachable Kobe brought Well, Phil was. Jackson, in fact, wrote in his book uh, that uh, Kobe was not coachable. Can't coach this kid. Yeah. You know? But, uh, you know, they won championships, so... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's something right. Like they said, when you, when you're extremely talented, when you're a genius, and a lot of people say Kobe Bryant is like the most intelligent NBA player they've come across um, on and off the court. It's yeah. hard to kind of get them to bend to your will because they're so strong-minded. But Phil Jackson is Zen master. Eventually, they got on the same page, obviously, mm-hmm. and won a three-peat with the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. And Shaq, Shaq brought yeah. that up. They are the last team to ever three-peat. And then obviously uh, Phil came back and won yeah. two more titles with uh, yeah. with Kobe. I still contend that the old one Laker team mm-hmm. is the greatest team you think I've so? ever seen. I mean, they were dominant, man. There, that's basically Michael Jordan and Will on the same team. I remember as a kid just coming off the Bulls era, just picturing like, damn, yeah. like it was a video game. That would be a tough matchup, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so I I can't argue that I'm still going ninety six Bulls. Obviously MJ is my guy. But yeah, the old one Lakers is in there. Showtime Lakers is in there. Bird Celtics, Russell Celtics, Wilt and Jerry West. Like they're in that yeah. discussion of Mount Rushmore yeah. of greatest teams of all time. But in my lifetime, old one Laker team. I, look, I respect. And I saw the, the you know the, mm-hmm. the Showtime Lakers, mm-hmm. uh, but the old one team was just dominant. I, look, they only lost one game. One game in the playoffs. Yeah, like <laughs> they it. almost swept the playoffs. Yeah, and they didn't. They weren't playing cupcakes. Like they swept the Spurs. They swept, uh, I think, I can't remember who else they swept that year. But when you sweep Tim Duncan and David Robinson, that's all. And by like, it was a couple games were like 30-point yes, blowouts. they were blowing people out. I think Duncan and them were crying on the bench. Like, that was a serious squad. The league was scared. Yeah, man. I was scared <laughs> as a fan. I'm like, these guys are never going to lose. Dynasty. I just want to get to a couple of the other mm-hmm. speakers. Uh, Sabrina, who you mentioned. Yeah. Um, everybody talks about what's crazy is... Uh, Everybody expected Gianna to go on and uh, 
carry the WNBA torch, mm-hmm. and rightfully so, because she was basically a 13-year-old prodigy yeah. uh, coming from basketball royalty and had that inner drive in herself. She had the respect from players like Diana Taurasi, yeah. who is this generation's GOAT for women's She was basketball. already, you know... Uh, picking their brains, and she 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 wanted to go to mm-hmm. UConn, and well, yes, she wanted to go down that route. And, Gino and um, they had already committed to UConn. That was her dream school. She had already visited yeah. the school and the team. But uh, I got to give props to this girl, Sabrina, because she had a game that day and went to that game um, under all these conditions and became the first, I think, D1 player ever to have 2,000 points, yeah. uh, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists. So uh, we we got robbed of seeing Gianna uh, kind of take the WNBA to the next level, but I look forward to watching her because as a college, can you imagine yourself mm. as a as a twenty year old going to Staples Center and speaking in front of Michael Jordan and LeBron? And they were and they were all, very poised, very poised. I mean, she was very, very impressive. Poised. I, I remember I, I I've seen little clips of her and stuff that impressed me more than anything that she could handle that because. Man, what what college kid is prepared to speak at, at a service like that? You know, in that, front I mean, of that just people. speaks yeah. that speaks for the love they have for Kobe, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they didn't mind going up there and, and speaking in front of the world when yeah, the world's man. watching. I mean, that's she, she she's a very impressive, and I look forward to seeing what she does. But yeah, that was very cool. The fact yeah. that uh, they they uh, they brought you know uh, two three. Uh, um, you know, great female basketball players mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was awesome. Well, you know? it's, it's because uh, Kobe was the greatest ambassador yeah. for women's sports because you can't not Kobe. He's one of the most skilled, intelligent players of all time. Yeah. And he's a youth basketball coach for a women's program. He's going to WNBA games. He's going to uh, women's college basketball games. So you can't, me and you can't be too cool to watch women's basketball or any other regular guy if Kobe Bryant is taking it seriously. So that's why he has so much love from that community. And he yeah. would wear their gear out. I remember, I forgot what player it was that said she couldn't believe he was at an NBA game wearing a WNBA sweater. So, I mean, that's why they have so much love and respect for him. Um, Absolutely. But before I get done with the service, you got to, so you talk about strength, you got to talk about Vanessa Bryant, his wife. Yeah. That, I, don't, uh, I don't even know how she could speak. That must have been tough. You know, obviously she lost her husband. She lost her baby girl. We're only like not even a month removed yeah. from the tragedy. And, uh, you know, to go up there, uh, that's that's that takes a lot of strength. She had a lot of poise herself. Yeah. You see the why she was a great fit for Kobe all these years because she's a strong woman. Um, she said she's going to hold it down. And the thing she said that really touched me was is she God knew that Kobe and Gianna couldn't be on this earth without each other. Yeah, that quote really got That's me. That's why they went up together. That, that quote really got me, man. I, that was yeah. that was a powerful statement. One of my former players, uh, Lucille, she just recently had a baby, and, and she posted that quote. And like, I th- I don't have kids, you know. Hopefully, I have kids one day. But I totally under I totally understand where she's coming from, and she's just like, yeah, it just hits differently as a parent. And that that was a, that was a touching quote. Yeah, it was uh, you know pretty. Uh, Pretty you know poignant uh, memorial. I thought I thought it was very well done. Like I said, uh, mm-hmm. they they really uh, you know had a pretty nice balance mm-hmm. of the people that went up there and spoke. Um, I did I did see uh, Kobe's parents were were, were seated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought they were going. I thought they were going to 
to uh, speak. go up there and speak, but mm. uh, uh, maybe they chose not to, who knows. But, yeah, uh, I'm not sure of that process. But, uh, but I was going to say, uh, before I forget, the great performances by Beyonce and Alicia's Keys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was uh, quite, quite a production. Mm-hmm. It, it was uh, quite a production, so... Yeah. But um, so because me and you haven't um, recorded in a while, I also have to give it up to the All-Star Game. The mm-hmm. All-Star Game tributes for Kobe Bryant were amazing there as well. Run through those real quick. The ones that stuck out for me. Uh, um, this is going to surprise you. I want to save this, this from the pot for you. Common killed it. Like, I oh. really, I really... Oh, you hear that, Ryan? Enjoyed his performance. You hear that, Ryan? Oh! I was coming around on Common. I respect good work. We've been trying to tell you, I man. I respect good work. And Common is, uh, he's legit. Listen, I'm going to say for that performance, he did his thing. Like, I respect it. That was, that was, I really he's a poet, enjoyed man. that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Dre's tribute. Yeah. Um, that, that blew me away. Um, I'm on the treadmill. I, I, every time I go work out, I put that on. And, you know, you can't help but just get motivated. And Kobe Bryant was so inspirational. And when It's you, amazing how many lives he touched. I mean, yeah. the, the outpouring <laughs> uh, uh, of love and support that we've seen in the last month, mm. um, it's, it's been pr- it's pretty awesome. It's pretty, like pretty amazing. Yeah, and then the All-Star game in general was one of the most competitive, most exciting yeah. in years. Everybody had Kobe on their yeah. mind. They, they knew the best way to honor him was to have a competitive game. And then, of course, yeah. Kawhi at the end winning the MVP and dedicating that to Kobe. I felt like all that was awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean, Kawhi was a guy that Kobe uh, also mentored, and mm-hmm. so it was only fitting. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was uh, probably the most um, watchable All-Star game in a while. And obviously sure. we were tuning in to see what kind of uh, yeah. tribute they would, you know, give mm-hmm. Kobe. And I thought and it the was, rules uh, changes. Yes, yeah, the yeah. new format, the new format added a little uh, com- competitiveness to it that we, haven't, we hadn't seen mm-hmm. in the All-Star game for a while. I was a little... People... Initially, probably were confused by the I 100% the new was format. confused. I, you would see the um, overall score in the top, and then you would see something else in the bottom, and you're just like, what am I, what's going on here? But it ended yeah. up working out, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was just cool to, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of get, get back to enjoying sports, because it's, you know, it, it's tough, you know, it's mm-hmm. tough when, cause, you know, people look to sports to... To uh, escape, to be the escape, yeah, get, to, get yeah as a distraction from mm-hmm. from uh, you know the the real world, mm-hmm. and, and when these two things uh, you know kind of coincide, something you know some tragic this happens to a uh, sports athlete of that caliber, sure, it, it really it, it it casts a shadow. I mean, uh, like uh, I was watching the Super Bowl, and most you know the game, I, it was like in the back of my mind. Yeah. You know, uh, I think the only time that. You know, I, I uh, kind of forgot about it for a, a little bit. Was uh, when Shakira was up, up there, and, you know, <laughs> sticking her tongue out. That's another kind, first, of, another know, kind of distraction. J, yeah, when J Lo got up on that yeah, pole, you know, yeah. J Lo got up on that pole. Yeah. I, 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 it was like that scene uh, on uh, Beverly Hills uh, Cop, but, oh, where, yeah. he ta- where he, where he yeah, <laughs> yeah. Foley takes him to the strip club. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sitting at the bar looking around, like, what, what's going on right now? They what's can, happening? They can do this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know that that was uh, you know my brief moment kind of forgot mm-hmm. about you know Kobe's passing it, but yeah. it, it was one of those things where there's always that reminder in the back of your mind, you know. Well, well a lot of people say game. if you we're going to see his image forever, whether it's the the beautiful murals 
all around you know southern california and i want to make a point to go check all those out whether it's just you're watching highlights you know and you see kobe's face and you're like damn he's gone so like it just hits you over and over again you're just like is he really gone like shit his daughter's gone wow like that's so crazy yeah like so, you yeah. said the, the grieving process it just you know it hits you in waves um but uh to you know and i hate to even talk about just regular sports after this, but that's what, that, if you know, like, I didn't know Kobe personally, but if you know about him, it's like, hey, man, you got to push through. Life goes on. Yeah. Make the most of every single day, and that's what we're going to try and do. Exactly. Yeah, so at the Laker game, um, I want to transition to that because there, even there was even a little tribute there with the great Bill Russell, Celtic legend, wearing a number 24 uh, Kobe Bryant Laker jersey. Respect. Uh, like I said, so Very I was thinking about that. Usually, obviously, usually it's the other way around to where modern day players wear jerseys from players of the past. I don't think I've ever seen a player from the past wear, you know, uh, somebody's jersey that was from the generation after them. So that was pretty cool to see, unique to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I was surprised to see that. But, but then again, I, I wasn't because Bill Russell, pretty classy man. So yeah. uh, I thought that was a nice, nice gesture. But, you know, so what, you're a Laker fan. Lakers got the win. Uh, had had a, a big games from AD and Bron. Jason Tatum put up a nice little fight. What do you think about the game? Uh, look, I thought it was a, a, a very good game. I mean, both teams played well. It, it, it had, uh, like, a, a you know, fly, a potential finals sure, uh, sure, matchup sure. intensity to it. Sure. Um, I think uh, it's a possibility. Um, Anything's possible. Um, right now, not I'm, likely. But anything <laughs> is possible. Um, but yeah, look, uh, it was a pretty intense game. Um, I, I mean, I, I enjoy watching it. Refs kind great of, rivalry, man. Refs you know, kind of stepped in. Uh, look, there refs was kind uh, of sprinkled in their little two cents. You know, there was uh, there was some calls <laughs> uh, both ways that that were questionable. Okay. Yeah, so you guys, then you know what? That's an impressive one for you guys because you're not used to beating teams that actually have a pulse. I mean, Kimball Walker was missing, but hey, man, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, that's a legit crew to deal with. Marcus Smart. So, uh, but I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about getting a 99 cent version of the Morris twins, uh, Markeith? Look, uh, are you sure that we got the. <laughs> I mean, look, we we got the uh, the. You could tell by the beard. The generic Morris yeah, twin. Yeah. Look, man, I was looking at their uh, stats. I was comparing. Of They're course, pretty you. similar. Of course, you. I mean, and we to think we didn't have to give up anything for him. Oh, we picked him oh, off waivers. Oh, you guys gave up Mo Harkless, which, mm. which you were very high on. Oh, uh, you dropped Boogie like a bad. No, we didn't drop Boogie. Yes. Okay, Boogie. After he just no. went on the All the Smoke podcast and talked about how he loved being the Laker. You guys cut him the next day. Don't create this narrative that, that doesn't exist. Create a okay? narrative? I guarantee you, uh, Rob Palenka, the Lakers, went to Boogie. Oh, because that's how that works. Explain to him. That's how that works. That they were going to re-sign him in the offseason once. Really? He's 100%. Is that okay? Yes. Look, he's he, he's with the team. Is he? Yes. All right. Yes. He just doesn't have a spot on the team. But he gets to try. So he's like a he's like a manager. Look, it's one of those moves that you have to make when okay. when you have a player who is injured and is not going to contribute this season. So what's the point of having them on the roster 
you know, when you can pick up a, a Marquise Morris, who I think is the better twin. Of course you think he's the better twin. Um, of course you do. <laughs> so, look, it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those situations where, look, Boogie understands that, hey, uh, I'm, I'm not going to play this season, so why am I taking up a roster spot? Let me just rehab. And I'm sure the Lakers um, will re-sign him you, once you he's wanna, healthy. You want to talk about narratives. You're spinning a, a beautiful narrative. It's almost like it's a fairy tale, like it's not realistic. Look, this is what my inside sources tell me. Okay. And we do have uh, inside sources, Rafi. Okay. 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 All right. So we're going to move past all that fairy tale nonsense. Good win for the Lakers. Bravo. Uh, we got to talk about, look, man, I'm not the baseball guy. This story has been going on for weeks, and we haven't touched yeah. it. You got to break this whole Astros cheating, because cheating scandal down. I've The players are more upset about this than they are about steroids. So just give me like a Cliff Notes version of what's going on and just like the different player well, reactions. The problem is the Astros haven't shown any contrition whatsoever. Um, they could have squashed this had they come out and, you know... Said, look, hey, I understand why everyone's upset. But remind, um, remind everybody the, real quick of the cheating scandal, like so, what the Astros were doing. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, they, you know, the integrity of the game is pretty much, you know, <laughs> um, affected here because the Astros were uh, using technology. Um, they were using cameras in center field uh, that uh, allowed them to see what the catcher, what signs the catcher um, was giving the pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, they knew what pitches were coming. Weren't there like buzzers? Uh, oh yeah, and that's that's a, that's the thing they're using. They're using. We don't know yet because Altuve mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't uh, reveal what was under his jersey. Uh, <laughs> so the latest, I don't know if you heard, is uh, he said that the reason that he didn't want to take his shirt off was because. Uh, he had uh, a fresh tattoo okay. that, that he had just had done. Okay. And, uh, yeah, um, that's the latest. Initially, he Is said that, that his girlfriend... Right, I uh, heard that one. Yes, didn't, didn't want him, uh, you know, uh, showing off... Uh, showing off his, his beautiful body. His, his, his dwarfism. <laughs> but... Uh, but you know, like the thing is, is, is the Astros just refuse to apologize, which is why people are upset about it. You know, the Red Sox, on the other hand, you know, they they've moved on. They made a, hey, look, they made they made it up to the Dodgers. They gave us Mookie Betts, okay, David Price, mm-hmm. and we're good. Yeah, I don't, hey, hear, any, I don't hear anything about the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox, you know, they're hey, they're 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 moving forward. The Astros, however. They refused uh, to apologize. If they would just, you know, mm-hmm. apologize, I think people would be like, okay. So you were saying, right. you were telling me off uh, off camera that the Astros basically were telling people like we would beat y'all yeah. anyway. Yeah, we would win anyways. And, and uh, the thing is, is that Dodgers Astros World Series in uh, 2017 was very close. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Red Sox would have probably whooped us anyways. So yeah. they they probably have a right to say that the Red Sox, mm-hmm. but that Astros series, I mean, it was by. A, Small, small Speaking margin. of whooping, didn't some player come out and say all those dudes need to get their ass kicked or something? Yeah, so uh, not only Dodger players are upset about this, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, players around the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, Aaron Judge of the Yankees, you know, because the Yankees uh, were also uh, competing for the World Series. Okay. They were trying to get to the World Series. But, uh, and look, the, 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 the players, you know, they, they just don't, 
they don't respect the fact that the Astros, you know, refuse to just be up front and say, right. hey, you know, we were doing these things to gain an unfair advantage and move forward. So un until they do that, you know, they are going to they're going to have a target on their back. Uh, teams, <laughs> pitchers are going to be throwing at them, Man. Uh, especially Altuve and Correa and these guys that, uh, you know, just refused uh, um, oh, to apologize. That's crazy. I mean, there's always like a new cheating baseball scandal like every decade. Where does this one rank as opposed to like compared to the steroid era, which was like when I actually kind of paid attention to, to baseball? Oh, man, baseball, you know, baseball has had a lot of things happen that, you know, really put into question the integrity of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, Pete Rose, for example, mm -hmm. uh, was gambling on games. Yes. Um, he says that he was betting on his team, the Cincinnati yeah. Reds. Mm -hmm. But we don't know if he was betting against his team. Yeah, right. Well, that's a problem. You know, For me, uh, I don't even follow baseball like that. I just feel like Pete Rose is so damn competitive. Yeah. I would assume he would be. Like, but he should be in the yeah. Hall of Fame. I mean, all that aside, as, so a, as a player, yeah. um, he was. Especially with player. all these other cheating yeah. scandals coming out. And they just, well, whatever. I'm not, I don't care enough about baseball to <laughs> fucking sing about that one. <laughs> no yeah. man, but thanks yeah. for uh, yeah. you know allowing me to vent a little bit about. Yeah. Uh, so you're a Dodger fan, so you're you really feel cheated. I really do, man, and, and, and you know most of all, I, I feel bad for Kershaw. I was because, gonna say his yeah, his reputation is shit. You know his you know, it's <laughs> taking a hit because. You know, he's known as a choker yeah. and never, uh, you know, has won a World Series. He's like, damn, why and do these guys keep picking up on all yeah. my pitches? How do they know this is so coming? That narrative would have changed yeah. if, if they would have won that World Series. And uh, But I think, look, I think the Dodgers will um, will win it outright uh, with these additions that they made. Mookie you Betts. So? Mookie Betts is probably top three player uh, in baseball. Okay. So... And then you have David Price, who's a, 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 another great uh, arm, left-handed pitcher. Okay. So him and Kershaw are going to be Kershaw's, great okay. one-two punch. Okay. So I'm telling you, man, I think the Dodgers are going to are, are going to finally win it, and we he, can put all this to bed. You know, it'd be awesome if the Astros won it again and no. they suck their middle fingers up at everybody. No, <laughs> Major League Baseball will not let that happen. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Oh man! So hey, before we get out of here, one last thing we gotta talk about. Uh, you're also our fight aficionado. Uh, we're talking about Fury and Wilder too. That was wild. Those are uh, no pun intended. That was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just the uh, ring uh, entrances that these guys had mm -hmm. were epic. Very WWE esque. <laughs> yes. It was. You know, it was like yeah. is Vince McMahon for, like yes. producing this? This yes. is always quite a production, man. That battle gear. <laughs> These guys had costumes going yeah, in there, yeah. uh, which has now become, uh, uh, you know, it's a normal uh, thing. What one of Wilder's excuses that apparently his costume was like forty pounds, it weakened his legs, and it weakened his legs. Uh, he, but he was even uh, setting that up in the post game interview when he was like, "I'm not gonna make any excuses, but but I'm gonna make I was, I was dealing with some things, my legs." But you know, all you know, all credit goes to him. But you know, it's like, damn man, you can't even get out of the ring, but without making all these excuses. No, nah, man, he 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 got uh, he he basically got his butt handed to him. There's no other way to put it. Uh, he needs to go back in, 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 in the uh, just go back to the drawing board. And but the, uh, the first fight was close, right? It was a draw. yeah, it was a draw. It was a draw. A lot of people thought Tyson Fury won the fight. Okay. Um, 
But I mean, Wilder uh, knocked him down twice, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think Wilder's problem is he relies too much on his power. Um, and when when Fury got up in that first fight, uh, I'm sure Wilder was surprised because not many guys have gotten up mm-hmm. from uh, you know Wilder. It's two big dudes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, Wilder's uh, punch out percentage is higher than Mike Tyson. Wow. Um, but. He's not Mike Tyson. No. Uh, he made he made uh, a quote before the fight where he said that uh, he thought that he could beat Mike Tyson in his prime. Nah. You can't man. beat Tyson. Fury. Yeah. No. 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 So uh, Wilder uh, said that he could beat Mike Tyson in his prime, mm. and that's where he lost me because Mike Tyson was a complete fighter. Of course. He wasn't just a knockout artist, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that Wilder uh, needs to improve on. You can't just rely solely on your power. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Fury just outboxed him, um, and you can't just rely Didn't on. You, weren't you telling me Fury is named after Mike Tyson? Yeah, yeah. There's a cool story behind that. Uh, Tyson Fury's dad was a big Mike Tyson fan, and uh, I guess Tyson Fury was born like in the late '80s. Makes sense. Uh, you know, Mike's heyday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he named him after Mike Tyson, and uh, you know, Fury's fearless, man. Uh, I mean, he was. He said he was going to come after Wilder. A lot of people. A lot of people said that uh, that was crazy, mm-hmm. but he he did. He came he came right after Wilder, which I think surprised Wilder because you know Wilder is used to being the aggressor, and, and uh, he was just a little taken back by the fact that Fury was not backing down, and he was coming for him, man. Fury, he's a savage. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a uh, uh, you know I, I watched I didn't catch it initially, but when I when I rewatched the fight, there was there was a uh, uh, <laughs> It was a sequence there where he was licking the blood oh, yeah, off of Wilder. Oh yeah, because he said he he said he wanted to taste yeah. blood. Yeah, yeah. I said, man, that's that's crazy. When I saw that, yeah, uh, that guy's a savage. If you're a professional boxer, yeah. you're crazy. That guy's a savage. But yeah, that fight was just mm-hmm. it was wild. And I look, um, I, I I I will say this. Uh, early in that fight. Um, Fury hit uh, Wilder in the ear, mm-hmm. and I think I think he may have uh, like messed up his yeah, busted his, yeah, I think I yeah. think that that is something that mm-hmm. I, I think could have um, kind of thrown Wilder off a little bit because your balance is thrown off. Absolutely. I mean, if you've Absolutely. ever had a busted eardrum, absolutely. Um, so, you know, look, there's going to be a third fight. There's mm-hmm. a lot of money to be made. I'm hearing it's probably going to happen in uh, the new uh, Raiders. Uh, oh really? Oh, Vegas, we're in Vegas. Uh, okay. Stadium. Okay. Um, but they're saying that Tyson Fury might fight uh, Joshua. I was first. Go- I was gonna ask yeah. you who do you want to see him face first? Well, I think look, I think a- a- Anthony Joshua uh, is a is a well rounded boxer, a- a- and uh, even though you know he had his. Uh, you know, he got upset by uh, Andy Ruiz. I was going to say, is Ruiz yeah. not in this well, discussion? Well, the problem with Ruiz is, uh, you know, he, he won the title. Yeah. And he kind of went the Buster Douglas route where he kind of like just... You uh, got to get back in there. Let, you know, he ballooned up to like 300 pounds. Living La Vida Loca. Yeah, man. So <laughs> you got to take it serious. Once you're the champ, you yeah. can't lose uh, on your first title defense. That's mm-hmm. just... Unacceptable. But didn't he? He, he yeah. lost to Joshua, right? He lost to Joshua. Yeah. Joshua. So Joshua got paid back. No, and, there, and there's you know there's no shame in that. Joshua yeah. was actually a good fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess he, he's. I think he's a, obviously a better boxer than Wilder. I mean, Wilder's power is is. I mean, it's pretty impressive. But like I said, you can't rely just on 
your powerful right hand to win fights because what's going to happen is what we saw happen on Saturday night is uh, a guy that can a big guy like Fury that can that can move. I mean, he's pretty agile for yeah. for a guy his size. I, I saw I mean, highlights uh, of him like dodging punches yeah. like Ali back in yeah, the day. Yeah, well, yeah, see, yeah. I, I told my dad, like, he kind of, like, moves like Ali. And my dad said, he's no Ali. Stop it. I mean, he's not. <laughs> but, no, it, it, was, it was impressive to watch, man. Like I said, he, you know, sometimes you look at guys and they don't, you know, they don't look the part, not you know. Uh, you know, it's kinda, he's kind of like, Pudgy, yeah, little out of yeah, shape. Yeah. But you got to respect your opponent, man. We saw, you know, we saw that with Andy Ruiz and Joshua. That's Joshua classic. took took Andy Ruiz uh, for, you know, he didn't think that Andy Ruiz uh, could beat him. And yeah. and uh, when you don't give the other guy respect, then that's when you can get beat. That's when upsets happen. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, that third fight should be interesting. Hopefully, Wilder um, gets uh, a, a trainer that can teach him. Uh, different things. I'm surprised, really, to be honest with you, because Wilder uh, actually fought in the Olympics mm-hmm. and he won a bronze medal. Okay. Uh, hence, that's why he's known as the bronze uh, bomber. Okay. But I'm surprised that he that that you know you go through the Olympics and you know they have great great you know boxing coaches that they didn't teach him. Um, you know, a plethora of things. Like and, and, and like you said, man, he's raw power. So like, yeah, he probably, but, they probably did. He just doesn't rely on it. You know, when you're in the heat of battle, yeah. you rely on what you're most comfortable doing. So he probably just reverts back to bad habits. Yeah. And he hadn't lost before, right? Yeah, so people only change when, you know, they face real adversity. So hopefully he can, you know, you, what's the saying is you adapt or you you, you, you perish. So if he don't change it up, it, sounds, it seems like Tyson Fury kind of has his number. So if he doesn't come with something new, that third fight is probably going to be ugly too. Yeah, you know, boxing's about matchups, and uh, there's certain guys that give you problems, and Fury is a problem for Wilder, and uh, he's got to he's got to go back to the drawing board and come with a different game plan. Yeah. So you know, this only make Wilder better. I think. I think you know he'll work on different things, and and hopefully in the third fight, he'll uh, he'll get his revenge. Yeah, man. Well, look, that's it for me. Um, thanks for coming through, getting this thing back going. Uh, I, I don't know what episode number this is. I'll post it up. Uh, we're like in the 60s now, which is crazy. Um, you can reach us on any streaming platform. People always tell me like, oh, I don't have Spotify or I don't have this. I like guess on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. I don't even know what that is. It's like eight different streaming platforms you can get this on. Now, hopefully I'll get this on YouTube soon. Uh, reach me at Michael D Walker three, um, or hit us up in the Control Room podcast. Where can they reach you, sir? Ramiro Romo two at uh, Instagram. So and just to let, let you guys know, he's a great follow. I'm at, on the next episode. We're going to talk about his celebrity beef with Michael Rappaport. A little incident. Because this guy, you know, he decided he wants to pick a fight with comedians. So it's a you little got, East Coast West Coast. You got uh, yeah rivalry going. You got to tune in next time to see what the hell Romo's doing. So. Uh, Till next time, talk to you guys later.